My Wax Museum is a proud member of the Create Vine. Hey guys, Alex here popping in before we get into today's episode. I just wanted to say thank you for listening. And I would love it, absolutely love it, if you left us a review. You can do this maybe where you're listening, but if you can't do it right where you're listening, you can go to podchaser.com and search for My Wax Museum. If you go there, it's like the IMDb of podcasts. You can drop us a review, preferably five stars, but hey, if you hate the show, leave it a one-star review. It'll let me know how I'm doing. So with that, thanks again for listening. Thanks for leaving a review and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of My Wax Museum. I'm your host, Alex Williams, and today I'm joined by Ethan Judd. Now, Ethan is a super cool guy. He does a lot of amazing things that we talk about in here, particularly backpacking, trail running, climbing. And we get into a really cool story about Ethan climbing in Peru. It's insane. So stay tuned for the episode. And remember, after today's show, to make five minutes in your day to listen intently to the people around you. Ethan Judd, welcome to My Wax Museum. Thanks. Glad to be here. <laughs> First podcast. <laughs> yeah, and that's one thing that I love about doing this podcast is that for most of my guests, for almost all of my guests, it is their first time on a podcast. So it's kind of interesting. Um, and, and I'm always curious about what your experience is, is like afterwards. I'll probably ask you how you feel it went and stuff. But I find it usually goes pretty well because surprise, surprise, people like to talk about themselves. And I'm here to ask you about yourself. So why don't we start with um, how I start every episode with how do we know each other? Um, yeah, so we know each other from class, from protected landscapes at BYU-Idaho. And um, also from another class, but not so much because it's online over Zoom. Yeah, yeah, our other class is online. Um, but yeah, and, and it, so it's interesting because you are, I think there, is there are two other people or at least I know Brayden is in both of those classes as well. Um, and then Adam in our protected landscapes classes in another one of my classes and I've had a couple classes with him before. So it kind of becomes a small world the further into into school you get. Um, so yeah, so we we met through there and we got chatting on a field trip and I was like, you should come on my podcast. I'd love to chat more. This is my excuse to have conversations with people. So uh, with that, uh, where are you from originally? I was born and raised in Burley, Idaho. And Burley, Idaho is where exactly? Um, so it's like, if you were to, to run like the full southern border of Idaho, it's like right in the middle, halfway between um, Wyoming and Oregon. And it's like 20, 30 miles north of the Utah border. Okay, interesting, interesting. So super south, super central Idaho. Yeah, um, east of Twin Falls, west of Pocatello. Okay, nice. And... How how big of a town is that? How many people live there? About. Um, the town itself is about ten thousand, and I think the county is maybe twenty twenty five. 
Okay. And did you like living in a smaller place? Was that kind of your jam? Um, it's all that I've ever known. So, so I would probably say so. I definitely like smaller places now. So I think it was probably a good fit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned in our quick questions beforehand that you, your favorite sound is silence. Uh, and you're also a very outdoorsy person. Did you grow up doing a lot of outdoor activities with the family? Um, to some extent I did. Yeah. I think my first backpacking trip was when I was 10 years old in third grade. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, it's just a short one. It was an overnighter, but yeah, growing up, um, my mom was the person who got me into it, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, we'd do a backpacking trip or, or two pretty much every summer, usually in these mountains called the Sawtooths up in central Idaho, but we got around to Utah and to Wyoming as well. So that was the main outdoor thing. Yeah. And what, what was it that motivated that? What was it that motivated your mom to, to take you out on those adventures? So in 1994, well, maybe not 94, I think 93, um, they went to the Grand Canyon and, you know, they just visited and she saw like this trail going down into the Grand Canyon and she just kind of felt like, man, I wish I could like keep on following it rather than having to turn back. And so the next year, she and my sister, who was 13 at the time, I believe, and then, yeah, like a grandpa and a bunch of other people they went and did the rim to rim south rim of the grand canyon to the north rim of the grand canyon and then it was kind of thing for since then wow so how how long is the rim to rim what kind of what does that take uh, i want to say it's like 30 miles and i think it's probably i don't know the the vertical distance on the southern rim i think it might be like 3000 vertical feet and then like 5000 vertical feet on the north rim so it's a so it's a down and then back up back up yeah 30 wow. miles total wow yeah that's interesting so it was her curiosity to kind of be like you know why am i just popping in kind of almost as a tourist and then that kind of got her to go out and do that do you have uh any particular adventures that you went on that you remember thinking oh yeah this is my jam like i like this um, so when I was young, I mean, backpacking was just kind of something that, that I did with my mom. And so it wasn't really like my thing. And I, honestly, it never really has been like, I don't do that much backpacking, even though I, I really enjoy it. Um, but there is one particular backpacking trip that sticks out in my mind. Um, where I wasn't like, this is my thing, but I was like, that was a good one. That was probably the best one I remember. We went to this mountain range called the White Clouds, which is up in central Idaho as well, and um, took a friend with us, my friend Nate Brown. And the first day, there was this interesting section. can't remember what it's called. It was like Devil's Needle or something like that. But anyway, it was like you had to scramble up this, this talus slope. Talus, you know what talus is, yeah? No. 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 Ta uh, basically, just like a bunch of loose rock. Oh, okay. Like loose, okay, yeah. Yeah, so you scrambled up that to a notch in the ridge, and then you went down on the other side of the notch. And uh, from there, you, I mean, you know, mountain lakes and passes. But that was super memorable. 
and then we had a bunch of thunderstorms on that trip so like at some points during like the end of the day or sometimes it was the beginning beginning of the day we kind of had to like huddle in the trees and like stay away from the lightning storms and so it was pretty intense but it was pretty cool and it was kind of a kind of seared in my memory in a good way yeah that would be really cool um and idaho has some incredible landscapes i think it's one of those very underrated states uh as far as i mean just uh, almost anything is concerned i think it's pretty great yeah, um <laughs> <laughs> yeah so as you as you grew up and you you went on these adventures was there um was there something that stood out as like um like this this type of adventure this type of outdoor activity this is what i like doing and how did you come across it you mean when i was young yeah when when you were young or i mean growing up at any point really okay so the way that I came into like outdoor stuff is kind of more through uh, running track and cross country than through the history backpacking with my mom. So I was really big into track and cross country and that was my thing. Um, in fact, I wasn't really that into backpacking. It was just like, uh, okay, I'll go do this with my mom and it's pretty. But what I was really like into was, was the running. So I ran cross country and and the distance races in track, worked as hard as I could at it. And then I was trying to get on the BYU cross country team, um, hoping to walk on, which is a pretty tall order because they weren't as good at that point. Like they were maybe a top 10 team in the country. Today they're like a top three team in the country. Um, but when I went down to BYU, I was really jonesing to, to try and walk on the team but i had some issues with some injuries and uh and went for a trail run one day then i was like oh my gosh this is amazing it's like it's like backpacking but i can i'm running and i can go places that would take me like two or three days backpacking and i can just do it fast and light in a trail run and then like be back to my bed and be back to my school work and so running was like this cool way to access the mountains really fast and go places that i would need multiple days to to do in another in another way interesting so that that's how you found trail running and then um i guess maybe ex explain that a little bit what's the what's the idea behind trail running like you're just running through the woods or or what i'm unfamiliar um yeah i mean trail running essentially running on trails yeah, yeah. i mean there's a whole there's a whole racing side to it i wasn't really into that um i mostly really enjoyed like running up peaks so two peaks that I ran up a lot while I was down in Provo were Squaw Peak and Y Mountain, like up above the Y. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so that's what I really enjoyed. And on the weekends, I would go into like Little Cottonwood Canyon or, or new places. And it was mostly peak bagging, honestly. I wasn't really that interested in, in not getting up to somewhere high. I wanted to run and bag a peak. 
Interesting. Interesting. And then, like, how did you carry forward with that? I'm assuming, did you get on the cross-country team? Like, what kind of happened with that? No, as soon as, like, I discovered trail running, I was just, cross-country team was kind of out the window. Really? Because I was like, I just want to run as much as I can and, like, spend as much as I can, as much time as I can in the mountains. Like, that's all I really cared about, just mileage, 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 mileage. I didn't want to have to bother with, like, workouts or bother with races i just wanted to like play in the mountains and then um you mentioned uh injuries as well and you mentioned in the quick questions that you had a surgery that prevented you from running are those two things related and how did you deal with that so the injuries that got me into trail running not really related to the surgery um but, but yeah, the surgery is definitely a big, a big thing in my life for sure. And, and so would you mind, like, uh, if you're comfortable sharing what, like what happened and then how have you worked through that now? Basically I was running one day in January, I think near the, the start of my second full semester at BYU. And it was weird. Like I... I was on one of my normal routes and all of a sudden like I felt this awful pain down near my heel and it wouldn't go away and so I was just like what's going on so I stopped and I like I don't remember if I walked or ran back but like stopped early called it a day and um it was weird there was like this thing on my heel that I'd never noticed before and it was all red and inflamed and it was like this bump on the the back outside of my heel and so, you know, did research and went to a podiatrist and because it just wasn't going away, like it was super painful and I wasn't going to mess with it. And so it was this thing called a Haglund's deformity, which is basically a bone spur on the back of your heel. And um, yeah, it, you know, enclosed shoes. So like anything that's not a, a sandal, it pinches the Achilles tendon between the, the, the calcaneus bone and the back of shoes. So then it gets inflamed and it gets swollen and then it gets pinched easier. And like, it, it's never going to go away because it's a bone growth unless you actually like get it removed. And so, you know, I had big goals for my running and I was like, well, it's not going to go away and it's probably just going to cause more problems. So I should probably just take care of it like now. And so I had surgery on it and fortunately it was, it went well. Like sometimes they have to like actually uh, detach the Achilles tendon from the bottom of the heel, which is like a big, big deal. Um, but on this one, they were able to just kind of like go under it and then chisel the bone spur off, um, which is super helpful because tendons are very, very slow to heal. But yeah, so I was in a boot for for six weeks, crutches for three weeks. So pretty much was like sitting on my butt for three weeks. And and during that time, I actually watched a lot of mountaineering videos and climbing videos, uh, backcountry skiing videos. And I was like, okay, backcountry skiing looks cool. Like that looks really cool. But... But mountaineering is crazy. Like people lose their feet and their hands, and I'm like no, no interest in that. Um, yeah, so I kind of 
was looking at backcountry skiing and that sort of thing during that time. And then, yeah, after I was off crutches, I started walking, actually hiking in my boot, like up in the same place where I was running originally, but like in my walking boot, totally destroyed it. Like all the rubber came off. There were holes in the bottom of it. That's like, hilarious. <laughs> um, I'm, I imagine that's not a great idea to go hiking in an air cast. Um, is that what it is? Is, is? Like one of those plastic walking boots. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was fine. Like, it, <laughs> You did it. Yeah, it was during the spring. And so, you know, the snow was melting up there. And it was kind of fun, actually. Like, after the rubber wore off, I could kind of use it as a ski. <laughs> so, <laughs> little patches of snow, I'd, like, go on one foot and try and balance as it, like, slid down. That's yeah. awesome. That it is probably, so good. It probably totally screwed up my gait, which, you know, I'm... <laughs> I definitely regret it afterwards. Um, but it was manageable. Like I could, it wasn't an issue to hike in the boot. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I love that. I think that's fantastic. And you know what else is fantastic? Leaving reviews for the podcasts you love. You can do this maybe right in the app you're listening on, or you might want to go to podchaser.com and find us on there. Podchaser is like, the IMDb of podcasting. It's incredible. Either way, we would appreciate, super appreciate you leaving us a review. It helps people find us, makes me feel good, might make me feel sad if you hate the show, but either way, I appreciate it. Thanks for doing what you do and enjoy the rest of the show. After that experience, you mentioned that you were watching mountaineering videos and how you're like, that's crazy, you know, like, no thanks. But I know that you like climbing. Um, you're, you've talked about uh, going to Pakistan and, and climbing there and hiking up mountains there. So how did, how did you get into climbing then? How did you move in that direction? Um, yeah, so I went on my mission after so I, I had the surgery like like the 13th of february 2014 or something and i got my mission call mm -hmm. on like the 20th of february 2014 and so this was all happening at the same time i went on my mission um without doing physical therapy on my foot after and, and leg after i'd been in the boot because my surgeon said that i didn't need to and um yeah, so I was like in London and and just missing being capable on my on my two feet, you know, having one bum leg and come to find out that like I struggle with a lot of anxiety and depression. And um being out on my mission, it was just like the perfect storm. Like like things were not good. <laughs> and so I ended up having to um like, I didn't ask to be sent home, but I was kind of told to be sent home because it just wasn't happening. And so, yeah, I came home early um, and, and I just wasn't really sure what I was going to do with my life. And so my high school cross-country coach and track coach at the time was a manager at the local ski shop 
So he had experience as a ski patroller. Um, he had experience backcountry skiing. And so he was kind of in that scene to a pretty good extent. Um, yeah, I don't really know what turned the tide on going from from having no interest in mountaineering to having interest. Before my mission, I kind of, just for myself, I needed to disappear for a little bit into the mountains. So I I spent like three or four days up camping and, and hiking by myself in the Sawtooth, central Idaho. And that might have been it, actually, because I could like go off trail and I could go into terrain that normally I wouldn't run because it would be too difficult to run there. And so I kind of got to see how you can like access these really, really cool places um, if you're willing to go just a little bit slower and uh, maybe take a little bit more gear. And so, yeah, I think that I think that's probably when I became more interested in hmm. mountaineering. That's interesting. Yeah, probably just pre-mission and, and post-mission. Because I do remember saying to my my cross-country coach and boss at the time when I was working at the ski shop, like, like I really want to get into mountaineering. And so that was definitely, definitely a goal at that time. That's so interesting how that changed um, for you um, and, and how that became such a thing. Because I know our first conversation was about climbing. Um, and, and we, we talked about that while we were in Yellowstone. Um, are there any particular spots that you just like love to, to climb or just to, to visit? Um, you know, I need to get out more. I've spent a lot of time climbing in, in very few places. Um, so I really love the Tetons. That's, that's where most of my activity has been. And there's great stuff in the Tetons. I mean, you can find stuff that will that will challenge the best in the world in the Tetons. But so yeah, I love the Tetons. I love the City of Rocks. Pretty close connection with that because um, I grew up like 40 minutes away, and I also worked there for a summer. And then another favorite area is Lander, Wyoming. Um, just really great place for steep hard um sport climbing kind of just fun you know low consequence low low logistics you know not really any planning just fun hard pulling on rock so this is obviously something that you're you're big into um what i guess outside of climbing outside of the outdoorsy things um, what is it that you like? What is it that you do for fun? Yeah. Um, like I said, my life has always been very focused and I've always been a little bit monodimensional, um, which can be good and bad, I suppose. But uh, I really love like physical geography. Physical geography is really interesting to me. I enjoy psychology on a very superficial level. And, you know, honestly, like all this stuff kind of ties back to the mountains because a lot of things that I learn about in physical geography are part of like the decision-making process for, for where to go, 
when to go to certain places, and then superficial things in psychology, sometimes more deep, um, you know, affect decision making and how you interact with, with where you go and when, depending on conditions. Um, so I enjoy those to some extent. So then for the last little bit of the podcast, I always like to hear about like what's in the future for you. Like what do you hope to see in your life moving forward? So I guess right now we're both in school. Uh, you know, we're both trying to figure out life. So right now, as you're, as you're figuring that out, what do you kind of see um, coming forward for you? Yeah. So got to get through school. Um, and then after that, I'm a little bit uncertain. So I've been guiding for the last couple summers in Jackson, Wyoming, on this really cool thing called the Via Ferrata. If anybody's interested, they can look that up. Um, so yeah, I don't know if guiding is going to be a big part of my future, but I imagine it'll probably play a role. Just depends on how big it is. And then, yeah, I just want to get into a career, whether it's guiding or something else, that allows me to be the best athlete that I can be and to be as well-rounded in other ways as I can be. Because eventually I think I would like to be married and and maybe have some children. So kind of figuring out that balance, figuring out what's going to let me do the things I want to do. Do you have like um, like a dream job some people have like an idea of if if they could have unlimited money and just do do this one thing forever um do you have a thing that you would say yes i i would do that i would love to guide part-time um because i really enjoy talking to people and teaching people and i like taking them to really cool places. So guiding would definitely be a part of that dream job. And then another part of that dream job would probably be like testing gear for, for companies. That'd be pretty cool because I would get to do the things that I want to do, but also like there would be a little bit more purpose behind it that would obviously have to have some other purpose behind it if people are going to pay you for it. So fun to, it'd be fun to share and then be fun to to do my own stuff and test gear for, for companies. That would be super cool. So I, I we've talked a lot about Utah, Idaho, Wyoming. What's the furthest uh, away you've ever been to, to climb? Furthest away I've been to climb. Um, so I've been to Peru. Oh, okay. Yeah. And how was that? It was cool. Yeah. A humongous learning experience. That's for sure. In what ways? Like what, what, what did you, what did you learn from, from it? Or what did you have to learn to do it? I went when I was like really new to climbing, like a year, less, less than a year. Um, because I had some roommates and some friends who had done this course with a, a company called the School for International Expedition Training. And uh, so I went down on one of those trips. And, and yeah, I made a lot of dumb mistakes and had some close calls. Like, 
like I love the guy who runs it like he's awesome but man I had to have been like the worst student <laughs> he may have ever had just because like I was Sandy and like I think I have a pretty good amount of fitness and like and like innate physical ability and mental mental toughness but I didn't have like the experience to know where that was a good thing and where that was a bad thing and and you know how it would impact him and the rest of the group and so I got I got smashed down a lot <laughs> but it was really good definitely good it may have kept me alive <laughs> <laughs> so there was this one time where we were like we were on this peak called Yanapaksha and um yeah it wasn't really like the greatest conditions to ski because it was a ski mountaineering course that's what it was uh but we down climbed until we could ski and you know I'd, I'd been skiing all winter on the resort trying to get my ski legs back under me because i didn't ski that much in high school because i was just focused on running and so like i was really into going fast and like big turns and that's totally different skiing than than skiing on like ice right or like firm snow with with crevasses like you know big cracks in the glacier down below you and so we had to get past this one section where there was it, it's called the Ciroc it's like this unstable ice cliff where at any moment it could it could fall down and like take out whoever's below um so like you want to move quick under it because you don't know when it's going to go so yeah he said to like keep up the speed because you had to kind of like go down and then come back up. So you definitely wanted to keep your speed. So I heard that and I was like, all right, go fast. <laughs> and, so, and so I just like pointed them downhill and uh, totally forgot that there was like this two foot runnel. Uh, a runnel is like, like during a melting cycle, um, the, the snow and ice kind of gets like taken away. And so it's kind of like this, this like hill essentially so i totally forgot that there was that in the middle of it and so i'm like going fast and then i'm like oh crap and i like hit this runnel it's just like a kicker it pops me up into the air <laughs> i like slam down onto the glacier um i don't i think my toes were locked into my skis so I, my skis didn't pop off but like i think one of the heels of my skis did and I like start sliding down the glacier toward like this gaping crevasse that if I'd fallen into it, I don't know what would have happened. I don't know if I'd have died on impact or if I'd like been seriously messed up or if I'd like ended up stuck in the bottom of the glacier or what would have happened. But uh, I was able to stop myself. Then I just like tail between the legs, like took off my skis and, and hiked up to where I was supposed to be. And looking back, I mean, like oh my gosh i'm so much smarter than i was at that point like like it's like everybody everybody makes stupid mistakes and you just hope that you survive them like early on and and i was lucky early on and have been fortunate to have you know my instructor on that course and he, i've also had him for some other things i learned a lot from him and I'm definitely smarter now but yeah, that was that was a interesting experience for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be Dude, after being like a guide myself. Oh. 
for a little bit, I'm just like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. I was the worst. I was yeah, the worst. You're, <laughs> you're, you're the guy they have nightmares about. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yep. <laughs> Holy cow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Now, that, <laughs> oh, man. I'm glad, I'm glad you learned your lesson. Uh, that's insane. Um, to learn, but definitely better. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're out of time here, but I like to ask this last question. Uh, this is always how I like to finish it up. And that is, um, at the end of your life, when you're looking back at all the experiences you've had so far, and, you know, by the time you die, all the experiences up to then, um, what do you think will be the things that you're most proud of and most satisfied with? Yeah, so I don't think like, uh, assuming that I make it to like 70 or 80 or something, which hopefully, um, I don't think it will necessarily be like any particular climb or any particular ski. I think it's more of like, what I would be proud of in that context is to be able to push myself mentally, physically, emotionally, um, to do something that like a lot of people don't do. And that's really challenging for me because oftentimes I struggle with my confidence on these things. And so if I attain a high level of expertise within that area, I think I would be proud of, of gaining the confidence and the ability to do that more than any, any specific thing. If that makes sense. Yeah of that growth yeah just be becoming that person so in that context i think that's what i'd be most proud of and then if one of these days i figure out how to talk to ladies and i end up with like <laughs> and i end up with a with a wife and some children or something i think i would probably be proud of that but i mean i think i would certainly be proud of that <laughs> i just don't have any frame of reference or any experience with that so i don't know how i would feel exactly but I think that would be a major, a major highlight as well. I would certainly hope so. I don't see how, I don't see how it couldn't, I don't see how it couldn't be. Yeah. I really don't see how it couldn't be. I just can't speak because I don't have any experience with it. Right. Right. So that makes sense. But I mean, ultimately, like, ultimately, like those things are the most important things. Um, cause like, if you don't have those, then, then I don't know, everything else is kind of empty. You have to have a good balance. I mean, you know, one of my favorite sayings is like, everything in moderation, including moderation, but, but you have to have some balance for sure. Interesting. So yeah, I think be becoming the person I want to be and having good people in my life. I think that's awesome. Well, Ethan, uh, thank you for joining me today. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me. Glad we uh, talked to Aylestone. And thank you for listening, not just to this show, which we certainly do appreciate, but more to the people around you, the people in your life that you just happen to know. Take some time, just five minutes, to listen intently to the people around you. Mecco, 